everywhere at all times. So we're just asking people to continue to be aware of your surroundings. It's scary because uh, you go to work thinking you're going to be okay and you're fine and then you get to work and you have an attack like that. Advice from police and the fears from commuters following a string of violence across Toronto's transit system. Good evening. The news almost too shocking to comprehend. There has been yet another TTC assault. The latest, a stabbing inside the Spadina streetcar shortly after 2 this afternoon. CTV's Natalie Johnson's at the scene and joins us live. Natalie, what do we know about this latest incident? Well, Nathan, we know that a woman in her 20s was stabbed multiple times in the head and the face while she was riding the streetcar this afternoon. And police say initial reports suggest that she did not know her attacker. Now, the victim was rushed to hospital. Her injuries are not life-threatening and she is in stable condition. Police arrived here at the scene and recovered a knife. They were quick to arrest a suspect, a woman in her 40s. Meanwhile, people who witnessed the immediate aftermath of this say that when the streetcar came to a halt, passengers flew off the streetcar screaming and crying. When I was there, I saw the woman, mostly female passengers, they're running out in shock. And then they said, oh, it's a female stab stabber. I was shocked to see, like, uh, all the... You know, crime scene investigators and everything that's happening. And to be honest, I'm not surprised because I take the TTC a lot. And, uh, you know, there needs to be, in my opinion, a lot of security upgrades. It's scary that it's happening and don't really know if there's anything I can do, what I can do, how to be safe myself. It's definitely terrifying. Police say they expect to charge that suspect with aggravated assault. Investigators are asking anyone who was riding the streetcar at the time of the attack to speak with them if they have not yet filed a report. Reporting live, I'm Natalie Johnson. Back to you, Nathan and Michelle. Thank you, Natalie. Police say they're working with the city to help keep our transit system safe, but it's cold comfort to a lot of people who use the TTC, including the workers. Tonight, we have new details about an apparent swarming attack that injured two transit employees only a day ago. CTV's Janice Golding joins us with an update. Janice, what can you tell us? Hi, Michelle. I can tell you that just a couple hours ago, Toronto police revealed that they had arrested four teenage boys in relation to this incident. The suspects all just 13 years old. The surveillance video shows a bus pull up to a stop at Marion Road at Kennedy at 3.36 p.m. Moments later, a group spills out of the transit vehicle and you can see a skirmish ensue. Someone getting knocked to the ground as a large group gets involved in the melee. There were two um, on-duty uh, TTC operators who were on their way to a relief point uh, to pick, pick up their vehicle and go about their shift. And uh, they were attacked by, uh, as police have said, a group of 10 to 15 uh, people. Police say there was an altercation between a group of teens on board a TTC bus yesterday afternoon and two TTC employees would end up being physically assaulted. It's, it's really bad because... These people are just trying to work. It's scary because uh, you go to work thinking you're going to be okay and you're fine. This incident comes just days after a TTC operator was shot with a BB gun while taking over a bus in the area of Markham Road and Progress Avenue. And last month, the TTC operator was assaulted and robbed by a masked male while on duty at the Long Branch Loop in Etobicoke. We've never been exposed to this kind of violence before. These random acts, we can't keep calling them isolated incidents if they keep happening. The union representing TTC workers is calling on the TTC and the city to do more to prevent all forms of violence against its members. Meanwhile, the city's mayor is also decrying these attacks, tweeting, 
We have to put an end to these acts of violence and disrespect against transit workers. While the TTC workers did not sustain life-threatening injuries yesterday and were treated at the scene. I saw when they came off of the ambulance and so they, yeah, they, they also looked really shocked. And while the bus's driver was not physically harmed, observers say she was clearly traumatized. Visibly her hands were shaking. The TTC Workers Union says these attacks leave lasting psychological impacts that persist long after the physical injuries have healed. Fourteen boys, all 13 years of age, were identified through TTC surveillance video and arrested. Two boys are charged with a single count of assault. Two other 13-year-old boys were charged with two counts of assault. Reporting live from Janice Golding, now back to Nathan. All right, thank you, Janice. Shot with a BB gun and now speaking out. A TTC employee shares her frightening story and she has a message for the mayor. That's coming up. These unthinkable events, just the latest in a string of horrific violence across our city. Tonight, a Toronto man accused of being at the center of one of those incidents is now facing upgraded charges. CTV's Beth McDonnell is at Toronto's courts with the details. Beth. Nathan, today Ryan Kaneen appeared in court. He is accused of pushing an elderly woman in the financial district, initially charged with aggravated assault. Tonight, the charge is manslaughter. There is a publication ban on this case, so we are limited in terms of what we can share. But I can tell you a little bit about his appearance. Kaneen said he was tired. He closed his eyes at times during the court. The judge also made a list of people Kaneen is to stay away from. From a holding cell, 37-year-old Ryan Kaneen appeared in court via video. The charge, manslaughter. Of Toronto, but with no fixed address, he is accused of pushing an 89-year-old woman to the ground and to her death. Security video captures the moment she falls, frozen here. She collapses immediately. Then a suspect is seen running. Friday, shortly before the lunch hour, police say the woman was walking on the sidewalk on Young near King. The push resulting in serious injuries to her face and head before she died. Court documents show Kaneen also faces one count of assault from February 2020. Court staff tell CTV News he was arrested later that year. After missing two court appearances, a judge issued a bench warrant for him to be arrested. That was discovered after he was arrested once again on Friday, after the woman was pushed. The elderly woman has yet to be identified. She is the city's second homicide victim of the year. Police are working to notify her next of kin. At the end of the court appearance, Kaneen gave a thumbs up. He seemed happy to be leaving court. He's due back again in court tomorrow morning. Reporting live outside College Park, I'm Beth McDonnell. Nathan, back to you. All right, thank you, Beth. Toronto's mayor says he's troubled by the recent spike in violence across the city, and he's using it as ammunition to stump for a hike in the police budget. But there are many people who argue there are better ways to address crime, and they came out by the dozens today to voice their concern. Here's CTV's Scott Lightfoot with the story. No justice, no peace. They raised their voices outside City Hall today. Budgets matter. Who and what is funded says a lot about who we are as a society. In the hopes that those inside the building would hear their message. If you look at Toronto, I just don't know how you could look around at our you know, unaffordable housing, the levels of homelessness, crumbling infrastructure and think we need more police. Hundreds protested plans by the mayor to give a $48.3 million boost 
to the city's police budget. The fact that we're seeing so much violence, it shows that Tory has failed the city. You know, it is a city that is being, communities that are being neglected, that are desperate and desperately need support. Uh, I don't see how policing would provide that kind of support. We just need to look at what decades and decades of research and experience has shown us, which is that throwing more police at the problem does not prevent violence and again often exacerbates it. This group, made up of a number of organizations from across the city, is calling for 50% of the police budget to be reallocated to community supports, including supports for mental health, youth, and marginalized communities. Inside City Hall, the Budget Committee spent much of the day examining the proposed increase. At the committee's lunch break, two protesters tried to voice their concerns before they were escorted from the building. Outside, protesters say they want Toronto to be a safer city, but they don't feel giving police more money is the way to do it. I'm not wanting to minimize violence. It's definitely scary. I'm definitely concerned. But those issues have to come from the community. And all those acts of violence wouldn't have been prevented with more police. What's going to happen is there's not going to be many changes. And then next year, the police will ask for more money. Scott Lightfoot, CTV News. Some frightening moments today for high school students in Mississauga. Lauren Park Secondary School was briefly placed in lockdown this afternoon after reports of a man with a knife. Police arrested the suspect, but the school remained in a hold and secure until shortly before the dinner hour. No injuries were reported. A live look at the city tonight. People enjoying a rather decent evening outside in January and quite possibly the last calm before what could be a very big storm. Our Lindsay Morrison is here with a look at the current conditions. Let's just enjoy the calm right now. We should enjoy it, Michelle, or perhaps maybe do some groceries, get those other errands out of the way because this is a big storm we've got on our doorstep. Not what you see right now on the satellite and radar. We've got some light flurries courtesy of lake effect snow making its way off of Georgian Bay. Here's the big one. It's a Texas low. This has prompted Environment Canada to issue snowfall warnings for a widespread area of southern Ontario, including the city of Toronto. It's a winter weather travel advisory for areas to the north. With this storm, we can expect uh, rapidly accumulating snow, maybe two to four centimeters per hour at the height of it, along with some very gusty winds and tricky travel conditions. We're going to take you through the timing of this storm's arrival coming up in your weather forecast. For now, though, Michelle, I'm going to send it back to you. Thank you, Lindsay. With a possible recession looming, Canada's economy was the focus on day two of the Liberal cabinet retreat in Hamilton. The government insists there will be enough money for its main priorities, but some economists are urging restraint. CTV's Annie Bergeron Oliver reports. The Prime Minister dodged questions this morning on the state of Canada's economy, leaving his finance minister to do the talking. There is still a lot of uncertainty in the world economy. And that means that we do need to continue to take a fiscally prudent approach. Christian Freeland's comments come a day after a new report by former Bank of Canada Governor David Dodge warned there is a high risk that the government will not be able to deliver the services it promised Canadians in Budget 2022. With one scenario predicting it could cost at least $60 billion more to fulfill those promises. It's an outlook some economists hope will encourage the government to hold back spending in case of another economic shock. You want government to have enough fiscal room to deal with it. So if you, if you don't constrain spending in this environment, debt levels are going to stay high and we're going to have less room to provide 
help to, you know, to those vulnerable people when we do have a recession. Interest rate hikes have helped cool inflation, but at 6.3%, it's still high. The former senior deputy Bank of Canada governor expects unemployment will rise, and with it comes a greater likelihood of a recession. Whether or not we'll have a hard landing is something that no one really knows, but the I wouldn't rule it out. Cabinet ministers acknowledge 2023 will be tough, but say they're confident there is still room to deliver on big promises. We're going to be watching this every step of the way as we get ready for Budget 23. We still have fiscal room to be able to do the things we need to do, but the fiscal room has tightened. Tomorrow, the Bank of Canada is expected to raise the interest rate for the eighth consecutive time, bringing its benchmark rate to 4.5%. After that, economists expect the bank will hold steady. Annie Bergeron Oliver, CTV News, Ottawa. Meanwhile, Ottawa insists the passport issue that frustrated so many Canadians has now been virtually eliminated. In the past year, we have moved heaven and earth to make sure that this system is working for Canadians. Thousands of passport applications were backlogged, resulting in excessive delays for many travelers. But the government says Service Canada has cleared 98% of those cases, and travelers can now apply with confidence. In California, investigators are getting closer to perhaps determining a motive in the deadly shootings at two mushroom farms. All of the evidence we have points to this being the instance of workplace violence. The mounted mushroom farm the first location is where the subject was employed. Seven people were killed in yesterday's attacks on the outskirts of the community of Half Moon Bay. Police later arrested a 66-year-old man after they found him in his car in the parking lot of a police station. Californians were still reeling from a mass shooting during a Lunar New Year's celebration just outside Los Angeles. Eleven people were killed at a dance hall in Monterey Park on Saturday night. Authorities are still seeking a motive, but are looking into whether the suspect had relationships with the people who were shot. 72-year-old Huken Tran later killed himself Sunday as officers surrounded the van he was in. After weeks of hesitation, Germany will reportedly send Leopard 2 tanks to Ukraine. Berlin will allow other countries, such as Poland, to also send Leopard tanks from their stocks. Under military procurement rules, Berlin must authorize any re-exports of the German-made vehicle. Meanwhile, the U.S. is poised to approve supplying Ukraine with M1 Abrams tanks. An announcement could come this week. First Donald Trump, then Joe Biden, and now Mike Pence. Documents marked classified were discovered at the Indiana home of the former U.S. vice president last week. Pence brought in outside counsel to review the documents stored in a safe following reports about the materials found at Biden's residence. A small number of documents that could contain sensitive information was turned over to the FBI. An education update for you tonight that a lot of Ontario parents will want to hear. It's about that contract battle to get a deal for hundreds of thousands of teachers. The unions representing those workers say the ongoing talks could go on a lot longer than anyone hoped for. Queen's Park reporter Siobhan Morris joins us now to explain what this all means. Siobhan. Michelle, we're still many steps and a long time away from any serious discussion about the possibility of disruptions like a work-to-rule campaign or a strike that could close schools. But the rate of progress at the bargaining table has been slow, so slow, we could be back in shorts and T-shirts by the time that worry is gone. They're negotiating separately, but for the major teachers' unions, their gripe is the same. The pieces 
pretty frustratingly slow. The union that represents public elementary teachers has just established what issues can be addressed in bargaining. Normally, you know, we would have been at this, uh, this junction probably in October. After contracts expired at the end of August, if the pace doesn't pick up, then it is very probable that this will drag into the following school year. And it's a shame, really, because I think that uh, teachers deserve to have, you know, to know what uh, what their salaries are, what their working conditions are. And what school life will look like for the next few years. That causes some uncertainty for parents, but the fact that we're not at the strike vote stage should provide some reassurance that we're still providing what's needed in the schools and we're not at the point of having any sort of disruptions. ETFO's president says they'll keep plugging away at a deal as long as possible. If we get to a position where we... You know, we're at impasse and we have to mobilize our members. Our members are prepared to do that. They're ready, they're waiting. But stresses, it's a discussion no one wants to have unless absolutely necessary. Education unions want more dates to sit down with the government to build momentum to reach agreements. The education minister isn't promising to add more to the calendar, but says negotiators are ready to talk. We want to get on with getting these deals done and provide stability for children so they can stay in school, learn, uh, and rebuild the skills uh, that have been lost and the challenges that have been created as a result of the pandemic. The government has previously said forcing a contract on teachers is not in the cards. To give you a sense of just how far away a deal might be, OSSTF's president says it typically takes them about 100 bargaining dates to come to an agreement. Right now, they've only had about 20. Reporting live, I'm Siobhan Morris. Michelle, back to you. Appreciate the update. Thank you, Siobhan. Targeting a two-wheeler, why a thief would throw a brick through a window just to steal a bike that isn't even fully built. CTV News investigates just ahead. A new survey is shedding some light on the impact the pandemic has had on our mental health. New Brunswick-Yorkville University polled 2,200 practitioners about the trends they're seeing. 78% say financial hardships are the most pressing issues facing patients. 85% say flexible and hybrid workplace policies are having a positive impact. More than half of respondents say access to care is one of the most challenging barriers. And 95% strongly believe virtual services that expanded during the pandemic have been beneficial. On the eve of Bell Let's Talk Day, we take you to a Mississauga elementary school finding success on the mental health front. A focus on wellness and inclusion is helping kids navigate life stresses, while a special campaign is promoting kindness in a very meaningful way. CTV's John Musselman was invited for a visit today. It's crowded, it's loud, but the students at this Mississauga elementary school say the skipping club is a whole lot of fun. Yeah, because they, they like, seem happy, you know. This club is just one of a number of unique clubs offered at St. Albert of Jerusalem School near Derry Road and the Ninth Line. The goal here is to promote wellness, inclusion, and mental health. We think it's critical that kids have a sense of belonging and feel a connection to the space that they spend many hours, and that's what we strive here for. The ping pong club also brings kids together. The younger ones also enjoy the Beyblades Club. You wind up the toy, drop it in, and go for a spin. Uh, I really enjoyed the Beyblade Club because there's so much younger children and just seeing all of their smiles on their faces, it just brings me so much happiness. Something else happening at this school too, a campaign called Be Like Kate. The nine-year-old's photo hangs on the wall inside the school. Kate exemplified kindness and inclusion. She passed away last April after experiencing a seizure. 
Kate wasn't a student at the school, but her aunt is a teacher here. Jackie Oldman says she wanted to do something to honor her memory and inspire the students. Uh, Kate radiated joy and kindness in her everyday life, um, and we just really wanted to reflect that here in the school and uh, perpetuate that in her legacy. I think that she would really um, like that her legacy lived on in the school community. Well, the last few years have been really difficult and there's really been a sense of isolation. And so, you know, we're striving to, to build and support kids. At St. Albert of Jerusalem, they are jumping and spinning towards building a healthy, happy, inclusive school. John Musselman, CTV News. Coming up, she is so grateful it wasn't the real thing. The TTC worker shot with a BB gun while on the job shares her story. The harrowing moments and her mission to put an end to the violence on transit. And I'm Pat Foran. Coming up on Consumer Alert, we've done many stories on investment scams, but unfortunately they keep happening. A man from near Owen Sound invested online and lost almost a half a million dollars. It was his life savings, and he says he's about to lose his house. I'll have that story just ahead. Minus five degrees for the low tonight. Wind chill minus seven. It's that cold air that's contributing to this being mainly a snow event for us. The morning commute, not so bad. It's tomorrow afternoon and evening that I have some concerns about when it comes to hazardous conditions on the roads. We'll talk about how much snow is in the forecast, how much is a possibility on the high scale of things. That's ahead in your forecast and stay with us. We've got another full night of great shows for you right here on CTV. Canadians lost almost $380 million to various types of fraud in 2021. And the number one scam was investing in cryptocurrencies. Ads on social media lure investors to websites with trading platforms that look real but are fakes. An Ontario man just lost his entire savings. Pat Foran has more on Consumer Alert. It's Pat. so sad, uh, Michelle and Nathan, so sad. The man from near Owen Sound started investing with just a few hundred dollars but eventually handed over his retirement savings. It was all a scam. He lost almost a half a million dollars will have to sell his house and isn't sure what comes next. I got conned and uh, I put in hindsight, of course, a ridiculous amount of money in this and a ridiculous amount of trust in these people. Stephen Carr of Meaford, Ontario, says after watching a video on YouTube, he decided to reach out to a company which promised he could make money trading commodities, foreign currencies and cryptocurrencies. He started off with a small investment and says it appeared his funds were going up. What I didn't know at the time is this trading platform I was working on was a simulation. It wasn't connected to anything. Carr says over three months, he handed over $498,000 to criminals. He was told his investments had more than doubled, but when he went to take money out, he couldn't. I'm devastated. Um, I'm in the process of um, having to sell my house and reorganize my life. I've got maybe two or three months worth of uh, usable cash left, and that's it. These criminals have turned this into an actual business, and business for them, it's booming. Jason Sietter of Alberta lost $81,000 in a crypto scam last year and started Fraud Hunters Canada, a group trying to support victims and help them recover their funds. With international boundaries and limited police resources, it's almost impossible to do. They don't have the time or the manpower to research the sheer volume of fraud that comes through. Carr says if you try to recover your money, you run into more scams. 
I have spoken to several recovery firms, but they're all in the same boat. A lot of them are fraudulent themselves. Carr reached out to CTV News, hoping by sharing his story, he can prevent others from being scammed. I am devastated. It's it's ruined me, and that's that's life savings gone. If I can get conned, then a lot of other people can get conned. And many investment scams are linked to ads or videos on social media. You may also get a text or email claiming you can make money fast. Don't open it. It's also a scam. On your side, I'm Pat Foran. If you have a consumer story idea, email us at alert at ctv.ca. The city is outlining the changes it's proposing for the Cafe TO program. A staff report recommends requiring temporary platforms be constructed in curb lane cafe areas to make sure the lanes are fully accessible. It also recommends increasing safety near on-street patios and providing a grant program to assist businesses. The executive committee will discuss the report next Tuesday. All right, to the forecast, you know, we've been kind of coasting along for the past few days with this kind of, you know, mild above seasonal, but things are going to change tomorrow. Another winter wallop. I mean, it is January. You expect it. Hopefully, yes. though, it doesn't snarl things. Yes, well, this does have the potential to be our most significant snow of the season so far. And I know this winter hasn't exactly been very winter-like in many cases. We've had temperatures flirting with the freezing mark, and as a result, we've had one system after another bringing us mixed precipitation. Not this time. This looks like predominantly a snow event. 20 centimeters of snow, a possibility. Some areas could even see up to 30 centimeters of snow. A big dig out expected by Thursday. And it's not the only time we have snow in the forecast this week. Weather is brought to you by Train, the most reliable heating and cooling brand. It's hard to stop a train. A special weather statement was upgraded this afternoon by Environment Canada to a snowfall warning. So that should give you a pretty good idea of what's in store for us here in the city of Toronto. For areas further to the north, it's a winter weather travel advisory. 5 to 12 centimeters of snow going to be possible on the north end of the system through the day tomorrow. And then for us in the GTA, 15 to 20 centimeters. Some models indicate that 30 centimeters is a possibility, but a couple of things will have to factor into play in order for that to happen. Right now, we have some light snow impacting areas like Barrie over toward the Newmarket area, Markham, and then sections of Durham region, particularly between Ajax and Oshawa. That's lake effect snow. This is the Texas low that is headed our way. It's already bringing snow to places like Texas. It's also bringing uh, tornadic activity some, to some parts of the southern United States as well. It's going to bring us a big swath of snow around the GTA tomorrow. This really gets going, uh, well, there's the leading edge of the storm, which will bring us a, maybe a burst of flurries through the middle part of tomorrow morning. So your morning commute, not bad. It's the afternoon one that we're in the thick of things. Not only are we expecting uh, rapidly accumulating snowfall during that drive, but the winds are going to be strong, blowing that snow around and reducing visibility. Isolated power outages, a possibility too. At night, maybe the Niagara region changing over to some rain or some mixing but you too are included in the snowfall warning there's thursday morning this low pulling away the flurries tapering off but we'll have some digging out to do and with snow falling that fast and that quickly we have to cross our fingers that the plows can keep up by thursday night conditions have improved greatly here's a look again at the snowfall accumulations anticipating anywhere from 15 to 20 centimeters of snow and at their strongest the winds could be gusting between 50 and even 70 kilometers per hour daytime high 
zero. That's it. This is a colder weather system that we're dealing with this time around. And as a result, snow, strong winds, just some flurries as we make our way through Thursday afternoon. Friday and Saturday, we get a little bit of a break. The next round of active weather comes in on Sunday. This is a clipper system with perhaps an additional maybe five centimeters of snow. That's your look at the forecast for now. Michelle, over to you. Thanks, Lindsay. Alexandra Steckel says she thought Saturday was going to be a usual day at work, but what transpired as her shift began has left her angry and shaken. And it's part of why many across the city are asking if there is a severe problem with violence on the TTC. Here's Raheem Ladani to explain. I was looking down at my phone and I felt, you know, right here get hit. Describing the moment she was shot with a BB gun, TTC bus operator Alexandra Steckel says she's thankful to be alive. I just kept patting my face and once I realized, you know, there's no blood, there's nothing there, after I kind of realized, okay, at least it wasn't bullet. It was Saturday evening around 6 o'clock when the 24-year-old was walking to the bus shelter at the corner of Markham Road and Progress Avenue in Scarborough. While waiting for the bus to arrive to start her shift, she was shot in her chest, then face and side of her body. And the impact itself is pretty painful and then after that it's just a constant stinging, burning feeling. When Steckel looked up, she saw what she believes to be a teenage boy leaning out the passenger side of a window in a vehicle just a few meters away. In terms of his expression, it was honestly like he didn't really care. Um, and he, he said, well, verbatim, TTC, um, and then turned the corner and left. While waiting for police to arrive, Steckel called her father, who's worked for the TTC for 36 years. If it was real bullets, uh, you would be dead. I mean, I, I wouldn't have made that call and someone would have called the ambulance, but it would have been too late from where I got hit. How are you emotionally feeling right now? Emotionally, I, I feel okay. I mean, I'm a little apprehensive about coming back to work. Steckel has only been on the job for 16 months, but plans to keep driving and is demanding change from the TTC, police and the city. Back in August, I emailed the mayor's office about safety and about what it's like being a woman of color at the TTC and I never got a response and you know I have received a response this time but unfortunately they waited for something to happen and maybe if they had listened to me back in August I wouldn't have been in that position. Toronto police tell Steckel they have yet to make any arrests and are still looking for suspects. Meanwhile TTC CEO Rick Leary has agreed to meet and listen to her concerns. Raheem Ladani, CTV News. Also tonight, the nominations are in. Which flicks got the most nods to the Canadian contingent up for Oscars? Just ahead. Statistics show the majority of people in Canada aren't getting the mental health support they need. And in a diverse city like Toronto, stigma may not be the only thing preventing people from seeking help. Here's our health reporter Pauline Chan to explain. 26-year-old Ambrose Jing initially joined the Hong Fook Centre as a participant in the peer counselling group. Now she leads a group and in the last year, they've found one problem is overwhelmingly on the minds of international students. The top one thing is isolation because uh, once people lose the opportunity to meet with others face-to-face, -face, they will they, they will feel like they are losing connections between one another. 
So several months ago, Hong Fook Mental Health created a new program specifically to address the needs of students from Asia. Executive Director Bonnie Wong says language barriers have been a problem they've tried to address for the past 40 years. To provide them with translation services, escort services, so that they have access to uh, professionals to get help. Hong Fook started out with the aim to help new immigrants from Southeast Asia, Cambodia, Laos and Vietnam, but gradually more people came from China and Hong Kong. They offer services in Mandarin, Cantonese, Korean, Vietnamese and more. Hong Fook was founded in 1982 and now there are four locations in Scarborough, Markham, North York and downtown Toronto. And as well as overcoming language barriers, the centre also offers culturally sensitive access to mental health care. Seeing mental illness may be a, a, a kind of a family shame or it's a, 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 to show weaknesses. So, hello, we are going to do our check-in round. The program is providing a safe space for youth to share their story and their emotion. They also create some fun talking about foods, the Lunar New Year, and Asian pop culture. And that too, says Ambrose, is part of building mental health. Her overall message for Bell Let's Talk Day? You'll be doing all right. A message of hope in any language. Pauline Chan, CTV News. It is the morning most in the film industry wake up early for, hold their breath, and cross their fingers. Hoping to hear their name called as a nominee for an Oscar, and dozens did hear their name as the list for the 95th Annual Academy Awards was announced. CTV's Andrea Case joins us now. And Andrea, it seems not everyone was tuned into the big announcement. <laughs> surprise, surprise, Michelle. Apparently not. A local talent was nominated for Best Film and her work as a screenwriter. But you'd never guess where she was this morning. Director and screenwriter Sarah Polly had plans this morning, which didn't include waiting for the Oscar nomination announcement. And women talking. Screenplay by Sarah Polly. In a series of tweets from a previously scheduled doctor's appointment, she wrote, I'm very happy today and so grateful to the incredible collective of cast and crew who made Women Talking. Polly did not receive an Oscar nomination for directing the film and neither did any other woman this year, prompting the hashtag Oscars so male. In the animated feature film category, Toronto's Domi Shi was nominated for her film, Turning Red. She previously won an Academy Award for her animated short, Bow, in 2018. But the day's big winner, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, was nominated for 11 Academy Awards, more than any other. Nods include Best Picture and Director. Its stars Michelle Yeoh and Ki-Hu Kwan were nominated in the Best Actress and Supporting Actor category. Co-stars Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Su will face off against each other in the Supporting Actress category. Two films received nine nominations. The leading cast of the Banshees of Inisherin will all walk the red carpet on Oscar night. Best Actor nominee Colin Farrell and co-stars Brendan Gleeson and Barry Keegan were both nominated, as was Carrie Condon. Many thought the epic Netflix film All Pride on the Western Front would be a Best International Film nominee, but the German film burst out of that category and into the majors, including Best Picture and Cinematography. And Angela Bassett could deliver the Marvel Universe its first-ever Academy Award. The supporting actress heard her name for her role in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Other actors who've had success this award season and continue their nomination run, Brendan Fraser in The Whale, Austin Butler, the star of Elvis, and Kate Blanchett in Tar.
The 95th Annual Academy Awards will be broadcast right here on CTV on March 12th at 8 p.m. Now, all 23 categories will be revealed live during the main show. Last year, eight categories were cut for time. Shocking. I'm Andrea Case. Michelle, I'll send it back to you. Thank you, Andrea. From movies to music in Washington, the head of Ticketmaster's parent company was grilled by lawmakers today following the Taylor Swift ticket sales fiasco. We apologize to the fans. We apologize to Ms. Swift. We need to do better. Live Nation controls the most popular entertainers in the world, routes most of the large tours, operates the saving systems, and even owns many of the venues. This power over the entire live entertainment industry allows Live Nation to maintain its monopolistic influence over the primary ticketing market. Senators question the company's dominance in the ticketing industry. Some suggested making tickets non-transferable. Others said it may be necessary to split up Ticketmaster and Live Nation. In November, Ticketmaster's site crashed during a pre-sale event for Swift's upcoming stadium tour. Justin Bieber has sold the rights to his entire back catalog to a song investment company. Hypnosis Song Management now has Bieber's share of all publishing copyrights and royalties from his master recordings. The deal covers more than 290 titles released before the end of 2021. The terms have not been disclosed, but it says the acquisition ranks among the biggest deals ever made for an artist under the age of 70. Stars Tonight is brought to you by Lastman's Bad Boy. Who's better? Nobody. After the break, who swiped the bike? The case of the missing prototype, a pricey two-wheeler targeted by a thief, why its owner is warning whoever's got it not to ride it. Will rates rise again? Tomorrow on CP24 Breakfast. With the cost of borrowing set to climb, the housing market braces for another hit. CP24 Breakfast, where Toronto gets its everything every morning. that there are ongoing issues with safety with the TTC and this has been raised a number of times. Uh, Toronto Police is working in conjunction with the city to address these safety issues and with Toronto Transit. Updating our top stories, a woman has serious injuries after being stabbed on a downtown streetcar. Another woman is in custody in connection with the incident. It's scary because uh, you go to work thinking you're going to be okay and you're fine and then you get to work and you have an attack like that. Four 13-year-old boys have been charged in connection with a swarming attack on board a TTC bus in Scarborough yesterday afternoon. Two of them are each facing two counts of assault, while the others are each facing a single charge. I got conned, and uh, I put, in hindsight, of course, a ridiculous amount of money in this and a ridiculous amount of trust in these people. An Ontario man is sharing his story after losing his life savings in a cryptocurrency investment scam. He handed over nearly $500,000 over three months and is speaking out in an effort to prevent others from being scammed. On the markets, the loonie traded up three basis points to 74.79 U.S. Oil slid above 49 in barrel to 80.13. And the TSX lost two points to close at 20,629. 
The federal court of appeal has dismissed the Competition Bureau's effort to block Rogers Communications' bid to buy Shaw. The court found the Bureau's arguments didn't meet the threshold to overturn the Competition Tribunal's decision to approve the $26 billion takeover. The Competition Bureau alleged the tribunal made four legal errors. The Bureau has 60 days to appeal. It's the final roll call for several police officers as the TPS bids a fond farewell to colleagues known as the Fabulous Eight. You know what? I'm overwhelmed. It's uh, kind of surreal. It's been 33 years. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of, lot of good times, a lot of bad times, but a lot of good times, a lot of good people, and I'm going to miss the people. This is 34 years finished. I feel like a million dollars. I've never felt better. I love this job, but I'm going to love retirement just as much or more. Combined, we're looking at over 200 years of service to the Toronto Police, but more, more importantly, the community here. And I'd just like to say to them and their, their families as well, who support them in the background, thank you so much for your service, not just to the Toronto Police Service, but also to the community. Six police officers, including two civilian officers who combined have served the city of Toronto for several decades. Joined by their families and police family, the retirees made their final exit, leaving 43 Division this afternoon. Police are looking for a quick working thief tonight who nabbed a bicycle worth a lot of money. The owners say it's a prototype, and as John Woodward reports, they want it back before it's peddled off to someone else. From the sound of shattered glass to the bike being loaded in the car, it only takes about 11 seconds. The thief leaving behind shattered glass and taking off with one of the prized possessions of North York bicycle manufacturer Bridge Bike Works. He didn't even reach in and unlock it. He just actually went right through. Uh, There's pretty much a human-sized hole in there. Co-founder Frank Gardner says it's not just any bicycle. The man stole a valuable prototype of a carbon fiber ride called the Surveyor. The fifth in its line, worth about $15,000. There is nothing like it. So it's literally one of a kind. Uh, there's no other bike that's painted like it. There's no other bike that looks like it. It's stand knocked over, but other valuables left alone. Its predecessor bikes are safe in the back of the factory. The unique thing about it was uh, they clearly knew how to handle a bike. They clearly knew how to put it into a car, and it all seemed very planned and, and very quick. The theft has been unnerving for the workers at Bridge Bike Works, though it has prompted some humor as the bike gets closer to being available for consumers. We've had a lot of jokes of people saying, oh, they're tired of waiting, so a customer just came and grabbed it. <laughs> a warning for anyone trying to ride the surveyor. Once it gets going, it might not stop. We didn't even hook up the brakes, uh, so nothing is functional on it. Uh, so definitely, uh, if someone's planning on riding it, uh, we would not advise that. Toronto police are investigating and Bridge Bike Works wants people to keep an eye out for the bike and its components on second-hand websites in case the thief tries to peddle it. John Woodward, CTV News. Can Canada make it a three-peat? This schedule for the Women's World Hockey Championship in Brampton was released today. The 10-country tournament runs from April 5th to the 16th at the CAA Centre. Canada opens with a game against Switzerland on the 5th. Other notable dates include the host team facing off against arch-rival the United States on the 10th. And the gold medal game happens Sunday, April 16th. Just ahead, shaking up the school day, devoting time to mental well-being, teaching coping techniques to conquer student stresses. We'll take you to the halls of a local high school efforting to ease anxiety.
working on wellness through coloring and writing small notes. Some of the ways students at a Catholic secondary school in Toronto are learning how to manage stress and improve mental health. CTV's Mike Walker has the story. Words of encouragement written by students for students. A positive boost at an especially stressful time. So with exams, a lot of my peers and myself even, all of us are very anxious to see how we're going to do. This prayer and praises wall consisting of hundreds of small notes of positive affirmations is just one of many initiatives at Bishop Morocco Thomas Merton Catholic Secondary School meant to help students deal with stress and improve their mental health. It reassures me that we're all in the same boat. Students like Christine Herrerier, who was anxious about returning to the classroom after COVID-19 forced her to learn remotely. I lost most of my high school due to COVID, and now that I'm going to try in grade 12, it's hard to get back into the routine of studying. This week, students will also have opportunities to work on wellness through coloring therapy. Bringing our arms up over our head, inhale. And free yoga and meditation sessions during the lunch break on Wednesday as part of Bell Let's Talk Day. Well, I hope they take away how to talk positively towards their peers as well as how to talk positively towards themselves. Right? A lot of times students uh, don't know how to talk positively towards themselves. Teacher Brandon Jamison worked with the student council to develop these initiatives after witnessing how many students are struggling. So due to the pandemic, uh, we realized that a lot of students here have never written an exam. Some anxiety, they have some stress towards just uh, dealing with exams, going into exams, they don't know what to expect. The Wellness Week providing several coping mechanisms and promoting positivity, a message Christine is now sharing with her classmates. We're able to work on this, and this isn't something that we should neglect or be afraid of. Some of these initiatives will continue throughout the school year, meant to foster a community of support, encourage students to talk and learn how to boost their mental health in the long term. You're not going to live a life without stressing at some point, and I think it's important to be prepared for that as well as you can. Mike Walker, CTV News. And we may need some of those techniques for anybody who has to go out on the roads tomorrow yes. because it is going to potentially be tricky because of all the snow we're getting. It's true. We're under a snowfall warning, which uh, we haven't been able to say many times this winter. We have our, likely our most significant snowstorm on our doorstep. Here's what it looks like right now. We call it a Texas low because that's where it originated. And you can see already there's uh, several different types of precipitation stateside, but we here locally are looking at predominantly snow in the GTA, hence the snowfall warning 15 to 20 centimeters looking possible or likely at this point a winter weather travel advisory for areas to the north if you're able to work from home tomorrow maybe a good idea to do so you might want to avoid being on the roads Wednesday afternoon and into Wednesday evening conditions improve into the day on Thursday we get a bit of a break Friday and Saturday and then the next round of active weather moves in for Sunday Nathan and Michelle all right thank you Lindsay be sure to join Omar Sachedina tonight at 11 for CTV National News, followed by Zarada Allman with our next local newscast at 11.30. In the meantime, our coverage continues anytime on CP24 and online at ctvnewstoronto.ca. For Lindsay and all of us at CTV News, thank you for watching and have a good night.